series, and uh, Pastor Jim will um, share the middle part of that series, and I'll come back the following week and, and wrap it up, leading into our, our Invite Your One day. So this is actually just called Invite Your One. This is our Invite Your One series. We're going to talk a, uh, a little bit today in the next couple of weeks about um, uh, personal evangelism and, and just uh, sharing our faith and inviting people to church. And, uh, and then on Invite Your One Sunday, um, I'm just going to share a, uh, a simple message uh, about the gospel. And so you can be sure of this, that if anybody that you choose to invite, um, they're going to hear about Jesus that day. And, and so may that be an encouragement. You might be one that, that it, it's a little bit harder to grab that courage and to share the gospel. Maybe you, you get words jumbled or you forget the scripture or whatever. And you're like, you know what, what I'm going to do? I'm just going to invite them and Pastor Jonathan can share the gospel with them. So if, you, if you'd like to do that for me, I would just say invite your one. Ask the Lord to show you um, who he'd want you to invite. And um, today we're going to talk about overcoming obstacles. How many know that there are obstacles in uh, sharing our faith and inviting people to church and all of this stuff. In fact, when I start to, to share on this, all of a sudden I sense the resistance, like, oh, three weeks, and he's going <laughs> to pound us, and he's going to say, go, go out into the community and bring people in, and oh my goodness, I have to do something. I can't just be a spectator anymore. I've got to be part of this thing. And, and uh, yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly, exactly right. I, but I was asking, I, I was actually going to, thinking about sharing a different message, and, um, and then I started asking this question, why do people not invite people to church or share their faith? I was just asking the Lord. I felt like there were a few things. In fact, I felt like there were four things that came to mind. There's probably more, but four things just popped into my mind. And I felt like the Lord also gave me um, like the antidote to those, almost as if um, these four things are kind of like a, maybe like a sickness or, or something. And, and the Lord said, hey, I've got an answer for that sickness. Here's this. Boom. And so there were four things I feel like that maybe we struggle with sometimes. And then four things I think that God would want to say, hey, in place of that, put this. Um, and so, it, a relatively simple message, but um, uh, one thing just right off the bat that's not even in the notes is uh, sometimes I, I would imagine that people wouldn't invite people to church if they were embarrassed about their church. Would, would you agree? Is that just me? Everyone's like, hee hee, the awkward laugh. Uh, so, I assume that if you go to this church on a regular basis, that you're proud of this church, that you enjoy it, that, you know, um, if you're embarrassed about this church, which is probably like nobody in this room, but if you're for some reason embarrassed, I would imagine that, that at some point it might be a good idea to find another church. Just saying. But uh, also, we can, we can be embarrassed over the methods. There could be things like, man, if you came to church every week and the bathroom wasn't clean, um, that might be embarrassing. I don't think I want to invite my friends because, like, they never, like, flush the men's toilets and, you know, whatever. Like, I could imagine that. Or, or you know, you, know, you, you don't want to invite your friends because they've got kids and you hear that, like, the children's workers, like, beat the kids. Like, that would be a bad place to... To, you know, that's a bad method, you know, and um, so if they're like methods and you're just like, I don't know, I don't, that would be something I would just say, hey, would you come and, and share, have some open, honest conversations about something, uh, like something that you're embarrassed about, but overall, I'll tell you what, um, we've got, we've got a, a vision and a mission that's like not going to change, like I, I am committed to developing fully transformed followers of Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that by helping people um, encounter the presence of God, 
grow in their walk with God and release their gifts from God. And why? Because I'm committed to revival. And I believe as people are fully transformed and they realize that they've got this all-surpassing power in them. The, the 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says that we, in, in these jars of clay, we've got this power. As they start to realize what they have on the inside, like, like do you know if you knew what you had, you'd be dangerous? The enemy wants to keep you from realizing all that's inside you because if you realize all that was inside you, man, man, you are, you're like, I don't know, you're like a bomb ready to go off. Like, it is, it, I, I can't wait till the body of Christ realizes who they are in him. And uh, so I think that as you become a fully transformed follower of Jesus, we start to come into agreement with this uh, revival, with this movement, with the outpouring that God wants to do that's going to include um, many people saved, like beyond what we can imagine. If, if a thousand people showed up at our church next week, we wouldn't know what to do with them. Right? I'd be like, uh, uh, parking... Um, maybe all of a sudden we'd be like, yep, it's time to pave the parking lot, you know. Maybe, you know I don't know, but right, there's, it's, gonna, it's coming. I want to come into agreement with that. That vision, that heart, and the things that we have in place to kind of agree with revival and agree with the presence of the Lord, like that's not going to change. Um, so if you're embarrassed about that, I just want to say like that, that's, not gonna, that's not going anywhere. But for me, just inviting people to church, can I just share a little bit about, um, about me inviting people, um, sharing the gospel. Um, it's been a journey for me. And I used to, when I was younger, I used to be more excited about sharing my faith. And over time, it, it actually became something that it, it was like, um, almost like a chore, it felt like. And I would say probably in the last few years, it's been that place where it's been reignited. That this is a good thing. Uh, in fact, I would hear myself say something like, um, well, God's called me to be more of a discipler. And you know, and other people are called to be more of a, like an evangelist. And I would hear myself say that and actually like spiritualize the reason why I'm not like going out and telling people about the Lord. And, uh, and all of a sudden I realized, oh my goodness, this isn't like, like based on somebody's gifting or personality. This isn't like, you don't like all of a sudden get, get like, there's a command. And, and Jesus said, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel and, and uh, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it, and it wasn't just for the pastor and it wasn't just for the evangelist. It was like for all of us. Like we're all part of this thing. And I, so I'm like, well, why aren't we doing it? I remember when I was a kid, um, I, I don't know, I was in grade school. I went to a Christian school. I, w- I grew up in a Christian bubble, uh, Christian school and, and, and church. And uh, so that was most of my, most of my relationships were, were Christian, or at least they said they were Christian, you know, you know, those people. That's the hardest uh, uh, people group to reach is those that think they're saved but, but really aren't. And, and so uh, there was no, not a whole lot of evangelizing going on in my Christian school, but we had this chain link fence, and, and uh, I don't know, I was probably like nine, and I see these Mormon missionaries walking by, and I'm like... Yes. So I'm like going up to the, like I was a prisoner and calling them over to the fence and, and we were having this great discussion and debate and they finally left and I, 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 think, I, I think I won, you know, I don't know. But I, I remember like I wasn't afraid, like we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Jesus. I remember being, being really young and so, so wanting people to, to get saved. I remember my mom um, and dad, they, uh, they taught us that smoking was bad. Now, if you, if you smoke, um, 
we're, we're praying for you. But, <laughs> no, but they told us that, that smoking, was, smoking was bad. And so, so I don't know, we were, we were someplace, probably like in a store or something. And, uh, and there was somebody that, that had a cigarette. Um, uh, maybe it wasn't in a store. Maybe it was right outside. Someone had a cigarette. And they were like probably three and a half feet away from us. Definitely in earshot. And I remember just as a kid saying, Mom, are they going to heaven because they're smoking? And I mean, so there was this passion inside me, even as a young kid, that we're going to get them saved. And that's a sign that they're not going to heaven because they've got a cigarette. Um, it, that, that passion would even grow. And, um, and I, I remember working at places like, like Arby's. And Arby's was a great place to work. I started out in the cash register, and I left Arby's just before I graduated to the meat slicer. Really wanted to be the meat slicer. I digress. But, so, but I was working at Arby's, and I remember talking with everybody there about the Lord. I mean, and, and it was an environment, I'll tell you what, Christian school, Christian home, pastors, uh, parents that are pastors. I mean, I was as innocent as, as you could get. And I mean, and they're, we're talking with them after work, and they're putting alcohol in their Arby's cups, and I'm like, "What's that?" And, uh, and I mean, and they're, I mean, they're talking about things, and I'm just sitting there. There were times when, and that was, this was before um, cell phones. Um, this is when I, I had a really cool pager. It was light blue. You could see, and uh, and so, but I was, uh, you know, we'd be sitting, there, and it would be like it'd be like one in the morning, and I'm trying to win these people to Christ, and I get home, and mom and dad, didn't you see the 911 page on your pager? I'm like, I, I missed it. I'm sorry. And, uh, Nationwide Vision Center. I worked with them. There, it was such a, a, a cool experience. I was 18 years old, um, in you know, Phoenix, Arizona. We're grinding the prescriptions into lenses, and there's this one guy, and. And I really wanted, to, really wanted him to come to church. And he, uh, what, I was going to share that later. Oh, should I share it right now? Okay. Just got going. And, and he, was, he, he was actually like, uh, uh, he, he worked at Nationwide Vision, you know, during the day. But like his night, he, he, was, a, he was a DJ, like he, on the radio. Like he, like he was trying to, uh, to get some money for his gig and so hopefully he could go go big time. He was the one, he would, he would invite me, hey, there's a, we should go to the, to the arena because, they, you know, WWF is, is going, and, you know, she come with, I'm like, that, that's just not my thing, and, and so, like, the, the, so I, I invite him to church, and I would keep inviting him to church. Have you ever invited somebody, and they say they're gone, and then, you know, and you're waiting for them, and they don't show up, and it's like week after week, and like, this was that guy, would you come, would you come, would you come, and yes, 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 and he doesn't show up, and finally one day, and this, this is a guy, like, uh, he, he also smoked, and, um, and, and he had a tattoo of a naked lady on his arm. And I'm like, you might want to, like, just get, you know, long sleeves. I know it's Arizona, hot summer, long sleeves. And, and so, he, so he, he comes to church. He comes to, the, the one day he comes to church, he actually gets saved. I'm like, it, it worked. Like, it worked. Like, he got saved. He, uh, there's a, we were getting ready to go on a missions trip to Mexico. He, like, signs up for the missions trip. He comes with us, like, the next, I don't know, it was, like, a week or two later. My friend, I'm like, I, it worked. This is awesome. We, like, go. We go to, to Mexico. We're, we're, like, witnessing. This guy is so excited about his faith. Uh, we're in a maximum security women's prison in uh, Nogales, Sonora, Mexico, and we're doing, we're, we're sharing the gospel, we're doing skits, we're, we're handing out uh, sanitary supplies, all this stuff, and, and then we have this little, this little kid's like, like wading pool, like, you know, like a foot and a half deep, and now it's going to be the baptism, 
And like all of these ladies are getting baptized. And, and I'll tell you what, this water was so gross. I mean, it was, it, after like the 20th ladies baptized, it was like, and we're in a maximum security Mexico, Mexican prison. And it was just, it was nasty. And we get done, we're getting ready to, to close up shop. And my friend says, I, um, I have never been baptized. Oh, well, we, you know, we got great baptismal tanks in the States, man. He wanted to do it right there. And his story is that he got baptized in a maximum security women's prison in gross water. Isn't that cool? I mean, I just thought, man, that was awesome. And I invited the guy to church. And, uh, it, it's, um, you know, it hasn't always, I, I, you know, from that point, I mean, somewhere along the line, I don't know what it was. I don't know if I got... Uh, uh, scared along the way. I don't know if the, you know, so there's a fear of rejection and all of this stuff, but somewhere along the line, it wasn't as urgent to invite somebody or to share. And um, I, start, I said, well, man, if that can happen to me, maybe it happens to the rest of us. And there's a, there were a few things that, um, that stood out. Number one, I think, I think apathy is something that hinders us from sharing our faith. I think apathy does it, and um, there's this there's this story in Acts 16, in where uh, Paul and Silas are in are in prison, and uh, you should totally read the story. They're in prison and for for the gospel, and uh, they're chained up. And the Bible says that about midnight they were praising and singing songs to the Lord, and the the chains come off. There's an earthquake. It was such a supernatural uh, escape. And yet they didn't escape. They were still there. And the jailer almost killed himself. And they're like, no, don't kill yourself. We're still here. Like if, if they would have escaped, then the jailer would have lost his life. And so then they had an opportunity to share the gospel. The jailer gets saved. Watch this, this verse. It says, the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. Isn't that Interesting. When, my, my story of working at Nationwide Vision and, and the guy, his name was Kevin, that got baptized in Mexico. Um, I remember, you know, I, I'd still go and work with him. And he was so excited about his faith. Like lunch breaks, he'd be asking me about the Bible. And what about this verse? And I mean, it'd be verses that I had learned like when I was seven and I'm like 18 or 19 now. And I'm like, it, it just, in some ways, it kind of lost its like, like excitement. He's like, did you see this for God so loved the world that he gave his only... I'm like, yeah, I know that one. And he's so excited. I'm thinking, like, that's, like, that's the joy. That's, that's, that's the place. You remember when, uh, when you got saved? You remember when everything changed? And uh, you, you know your story? You, you know your story better than I know your story. You remember that? And you're just like, man, I don't know how he picked me, but he picked me. And, and I said yes, and everything changed. I mean, this guy, he was so excited about, about his brand new faith. There was no apathy there at all. That Psalm 51 verse 12 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I, I was just thinking as, as I was just praying about this and that question that there may be, there may be some of you in here that one of the big reasons why you hesitate to even go um, invite someone to church even or, or share your faith is just like, you're saved, you got your ticket to heaven, but there's no joy. 
there's no excitement. Why would you want to invite someone or tell someone about your faith if you're not even excited about it yourself? I'll tell you what, there are seasons. There's seasons. There's, there's sometimes there's weeks, sometimes there's months where we, we're in a funk, we're in a season. But if it's more than a season, if it's like turning into a lifestyle of a joyless life, that's not the life that God wanted you to live. And, and forget about inviting someone to church. Get your joy back. Get excited about this thing once again. Like this jailer that's like, man, he was filled with joy when he came to know the Lord. John 15, verse 11, Jesus was talking, and, and this is in that, that famous chapter about abiding, you know, the, the, uh, about the, the fruit on the vine and, and all of that stuff, and this is right before he was going to go to the cross, before he was going to be betrayed, and, and, and he says this, he says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It's like part of this whole thing, part of this whole Christian walk is, is that, is that we're, we're doing this um, out of a place of joy. Jesus says, I came that you may have life and what? Have it to the fullest. Have it abundantly. This, this, was, this wasn't just like, like you get saved so that you can have your ticket to heaven some, someday and, and, you know, but you smell, smell like, like hell until you get there. And I mean, it was meant for you to like live abundantly. Joy. I, I just submit to you that maybe Maybe if you don't have joy in your life, uh, excitement about the Lord, that it might be time to get, to get your joy back. Acts 2 verse 28 says, You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. I would say that one, one of the ways to get our joy back is in his presence. You know, he fills you with joy. There's, there's, an, there's an emotion that comes attached to it, but it, joy is way different than happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is one of those things that, like, this roller coaster thing. Joy, you can have joy even when your life sucks. You can have joy even when, you're, when, when everything in you is like, man, this, uh, this thing, like I, uh, I, I'm angry or, or I'm frustrated or I don't have money in the bank account or, or I, I, you know, I, I have this, this sickness I'm dealing with or I've got this thing. Like joy surpasses all of that. And, and you can tap into this place, this supernatural place of joy. In fact, Jesus, Paul, uh, Jesus through Paul, says this in Romans 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. He's like, he's like you want to know what the kingdom of God's all about? If you're just curious about the kingdom, the kingdom of God can be summed up in these, these three words, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I would submit to you that if you don't have joy in your life right now, like, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't, I mean, don't allow guilt, shame, and condemnation to come, but just say, God, I, I want my joy back. Go on a journey to figure out, how can I get joy back? Start it today. Here's a, here's a, here's a prayer. They're going to throw this up on the screen. The antidote to apathy, I believe, is joy. And here's the prayer. Lord, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. We, we, could, we could do a whole, a whole thing on how do you get your joy back and, and, and think right, positive thoughts first, negative thoughts, and all this stuff. And, and, and you really can think yourself happy. I heard that someplace. 
And I mean, you really can do that. But could it start maybe here with just a simple prayer? Maybe, maybe you, all the faith you can muster up, maybe it's just this little, and you just say, God, Pastor Jonathan just told me to pray this prayer, and I barely have any faith for it. But Lord, I'm going to try it. Would you restore to me the joy of your salvation? I think that's a starting place. The second thing that I, that I see, um, as I was praying, I was asking God this question, why do people like, not invite people to church? The other thing is indifference. In, indifference, that was the word that came to me, and, and, I, and I had to kind of look it up, because I was like, I think I know what that means, I just don't want to like preach it and then have it be, mean something different, and the, the, the definition that I looked up, it said this, it said lack of interest, concern, or sympathy. I just say, like, if we're honest, a lot of the time, we just don't have interest in talking to somebody about the Lord. Is that just, you don't have to raise your hand, because you'll look bad, but is that true? Right? Is that true? Like, if we were to just be honest, if I were to look across the room and the Lord would just kind of show me about everything, like, isn't it true that sometimes we're just not interested in talking to somebody about the Lord or about anything? Some of us were just like, I don't even want to talk to people. <laughs> just don't, just not interested in even talking to people. I, I, uh, I just want to be at home. There's little concern or sympathy to their spiritual well-being and i you know there's this quote I've, I've probably shared it in here before what i believe isn't what i say i believe what i believe is what i do so if we were if i were to poll the audience and say hey um how many believe that it's a good idea to, to invite people to church or how many people believe it's a good idea to share our faith and to share the gospel? Like, all the hands would go up and all of this. And, and then if I were to say, like, when was the last time you invited someone to church? When was the last time you, like, shared the gospel? You know, oh, my goodness. That was what happened to me, like, uh, like three years ago when my friend Jim that's coming next week. And I'm sitting there, and we're just talking, and he's just, just kind of getting to know me. And he just says, so when was the last time you invited someone to church or shared your faith? And I said, I was embarrassed. And he said it in front of uh, my staff. And I said, how dare you? No, I didn't. But I was just, I was embarrassed. Because I'm like, well, uh, like probably, I, I'm sure I did this year. I can't remember. It wasn't super significant. And, uh, and I, you know one thing I realized is like, if I were to be honest, like I, I didn't really care. If I were to be honest, at least by my actions, I didn't really care if someone was going to go to heaven or, or hell. Like, I'm just responsible for the people in this room. And, uh, and I don't mean that as a guilt, shame, condemnation, or a manipulation thing. I just know for me, like, at least by my actions, my words would say, yes, we want as many people, we want to, you, you know, plunder hell and populate heaven, right? You know, that whole, that cliche I'm like yeah but I, I wasn't I wasn't doing it and I didn't even I didn't even I wasn't even praying for it I mean it'd be one thing too if I was just if I was praying for it every day I wasn't even praying for for the lost and uh, you know just like some of you uh, I would be walking in Starbucks or walking in and somebody some, not baristas okay and and I'd be I'd be going, going places, you know, and uh, Walmart and Target, and I'm just, I'm naming, naming pla hypothetical places that Christians are supposed to go, and, 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 and as I'm there, I'm not even, it's not even registering that the 
person serving me my coffee or bagging my groceries, like they may be going to hell. Like what if they died? Like it's just, and I'm not saying that every single person we come in contact with, we got to stop right now and, and, and give them like the four spiritual laws or, or you know, share the, I, I'm not saying that. But it wasn't even close to my radar. I wasn't even asking the question. I wasn't even praying the prayer. I wasn't saying, God, is there, is, who's my one? We're, we're talking about invite your one. I wasn't even saying, Lord, is there one person? Out of, the, out of the sea of people, out of all of the noise, could you calm it down and show me, could you zero it in? Who's the one, who's the person that I'm supposed to invite, that I'm supposed to share my, like it wasn't even on my radar. I was just indifferent. At the very least, there was no urgency. You know, like if I knew, wouldn't you? If you knew that the person in the checkout line was gonna die when they got in their car and went home, would you like forget about all of your feelings and just share the gospel, would you? I hope so. I, I, think, I think 95% of us would. If we absolutely knew they were going to die, we would. And, and so at the very least, there's just not the urgency. We, we, just, we just like, like we're, we're going to have time. We're going to have another opportunity. It's going to, and the Lord, man, I, I didn't like all of a sudden, like, like, I didn't get like imparted from like Keith Becker, like all of us, like you're, you're an evangelist now. Like I, I didn't get, I didn't get that. But a little bit of an urgency started coming up. Just a little bit of, and it's not, I'm, not, I'm not there. I'm just like many of you. But I started praying the prayer, who's the one? Who's the one? Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like what? A sheep without a shepherd. This is Jesus talking. And there's a few places. You see that? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on That word compassion in the original language, it actually, it actually is talking about um, the bowels. <laughs> it's from that deep place of, of the bowels. Almost. It's like he, it, he, I get this picture that he, he like dug deep for compassion. This wasn't just a, like a fleeting thought. This wasn't like I'm just going to be kind to them today. Like he cared about this crowd and their spiritual well-being and their physical well-being. And, uh, and it says he saw them and he had compassion. This is how Jesus operated. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, it says, When Jesus landed he saw a large crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. I would tell you, his major motivation for healing people and doing the miracles is because he had compassion on them. As he would go, this wasn't because he wanted some intergalactic ministry. It was, it was like because he saw the one, and he was just overcome with compassion for the one, and he, out of that motivation of compassion, he just... Now you get your sight back. Uh, now you can walk again. Now, now you were a leper and now you're clean. It was out of compassion. That was his motivation. Matthew 20, verse 34, it says, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and, and followed him. Isn't that interesting, that phrase, and followed him? It's like he, out of compassion, met their need. Their eyes are opened up and then they... And then they followed him. I just wonder, like, if, if somehow I could tap into just part of that compassion that Jesus had for the world around him, for the crowd, for the one. I wonder what would happen. When was the last time we prayed this prayer? Lord, break my heart for the things that break your heart. 
And, I, and again, that's not like a guilt, shame, and condemnation. It's just right back at me. It's like, it's like I imagine that the person that's far from him breaks his heart. <laughs> I imagine that the person that, that their body is full of cancer breaks his heart. I, I imagine that the person who is in debt up to their ears breaks his, his heart. The, the, the human condition, I think, he, I think he sits there, I think he cries tears and he, he looks at that and it breaks his heart. And out of compassion, he, he moves. And I, I would think that if he wants me to, to, uh, to be a conduit, to be a tool in, in his kingdom, just like you, that, that at some level we got to get compassion. Here's... Here's the prayer, the antidote. Compassion. For indifference. If you're, if you're like me and there's ever been a time in your life when it's just been, you, you've just been indifferent to it, like if you were to be honest, I just don't, I just don't care a whole lot. <laughs> it's just not on my radar. If you're like me, could we just pray this prayer? Lord, fill me with Compassion for the people I come in contact with. Maybe take it a step further and say, Lord, who's the one? Who's the one person? It's not gonna be every time you're in a checkout line. It's not gonna be every time you're walking down the street, but it's gonna be sometimes. It's gonna be every once in a while, and it's gonna be that moment when you're praying this prayer, Lord, who's the one? And you're following that up with, God, give me compassion. In other words, help me get over myself. Here, here, number three. This is another one, embarrassment. And not the embarrassment that I talked about where you might be embarrassed of our church. Um, but embarrassment, like, um, like, do you have that family member that you don't want to be seen in public with? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't have any of those, but I, I've, heard, I, I've heard, about, heard about that. Embarrassment like that, like, um, like more, like I, uh, like I'm, I'm saved, but if I tell them I'm a Christian, then I become one of those. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if we're a Christian, then all of a sudden we're associated with whoever the, 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 the loud voices, the, the, the few loud voices that give Christianity a bad name right? Whether it be a political thing, some extreme political view, and, and, and now all of a sudden Christians are this way, or, or maybe it's like, uh, I don't know, you, you think, and, and all, of the, all the things throughout even church history where you're just like, like I, if I say I'm a Christian, then they're going to, like, I don't have time to explain this whole thing. Like, I'm, not, I'm a Christian, but I'm not this, and I'm not this, and I'm not this. I think, don't you think sometimes? That we hold back because we're just kind of embarrassed of our, of our spiritual family. And, and here's, let me, let me give you some thoughts on that. I think for many reasons, some feel embarrassed to admit they're Christians and they're circle of influence um, we're often known more for what we're against than what we're for and so we get lumped in with all of this but you know Romans chapter 1 verse 16 
Paul was talking, and I think the Holy Spirit through him, I know the Holy Spirit through him, he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then, and then to the Gentile. And so there's this place, it's like, it's like man, if I'm, if I'm embarrassed about my spiritual family, so to speak, I need to start asking myself some serious, like, what, what am I, what's the embarrassment? Like, wh- like why? What, what's this whole thing? What's going on inside me that's, that's causing me to, to just not, not quite share, not, not be honest, not be authentic? I'm one way there and I'm another way here. Like, like what's the thing that's causing me not being, not, to not be honest and real in front of that person that needs to know that, that I'm a Christian Matthew 10, verse 32, Jesus was talking. He says, therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. And, and I, don't know, I don't know if that's you know, just talking about a, a salvation thing, but I do know that it's a hindrance to your relationship with the Lord. If I'm denying him, either by word or deed, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a closet Christian, I imagine that, there's a, that there at some level is a, is, a, is a relationship issue between you and Jesus. I would encourage you to, to go before the Lord. Just say, man, I don't want to be embarrassed. Here, here, here's, here's an idea. What's your story? What's your testimony? Do you remember, do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember that joy? Do you remember the, the, uh, all of this? Like, find that place again. Your story, your testimony. Reflect on all that God has done for you. I think that when we, when we go back to that place and we remember all that God's done for us, like, all of a sudden, we're not embarrassed about him anymore. And we could probably get over, like, it, yeah, we have some, uh, some crazy people in our spiritual family, but that's not all of them. God, I am so proud of you. Let me, what if we prayed this prayer? Here's the, here's the antidote. Appreciation. Lord, would you help me to be proud of you and what you've done in my life? I, mean, I think if I'm, if I'm proud of Jesus, and if I'm proud of what he's done in my life, man, I can't help but say, hey, come to church. Or, or, hey, this is what God's done. I, I don't have all of the verses memorized, but, but man, I know that he's changed my life could, and he wants to change yours and, and I could, uh, we could, would love to talk, right? Could, could you, a starting place to just say, man, I love him. Come out of the closet, guys. Stop being a, uh, my, my mom used to say this. There was a radio talk show host that used to say, my, my faith is, um, is, is private. And, uh, and my mom said, would say, well, my, my faith is personal, but it's not private. Jesus absolutely wants you to go public. That's what baptism's all about. In, in a few weeks when we do a water baptism, the, the reason why we do water baptism and we dunk people in front of everybody is because at some level you're saying, hey, everybody, I'm going public. What he did in my life, it's not just, it's not just this, this private thing. It's a public thing. It's personal, but it's also It's also public. Peter, uh, right there in that gospel story, you remember him denying Jesus three times? And 
in fact, Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. And he says, I'm not going to deny I'd never deny you. And then, and then he goes and he does it. And he's like, ah, stink. And he starts crying. And a few chapters later, um, Jesus is talking with Peter. And he restores him three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? He's like, yes, of course I, I love you. And he says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, uh, of course I love you. And he says, Peter, do you love me? And, and each time, the, the original language for that love changes. It, it goes from this, from this love that's like a brotherly love to, to a love that's, that's a little bit deeper, like a like, you know, friendship or whatever. And then finally, it's in this agape love. Yes, I agape love you. Yes, I unconditional. And he, you see this progression. I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're one that said, that said man, I, I just have not been honest with my faith in front of people, you know that, I mean, Peter was the same way. And there's hope. To just come to the Lord, it's, he's not going to whip you over the head and, and with guilt, shame, and condemnation. He's going to say, he's gonna say hey, hey, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you really love me? And you're going to have the, that moment with the Lord. Yes, I really love you. He's going to say, then fine, go feed my sheep. Get back out there. And share your faith. Here's this last one that I was thinking about. Just straight up fear. Is this anybody else? This is, this, is, this is me sometimes. I think fear, the fear of rejection hinders a lot of people. Um, uh, Pastor Greg, some of you guys know Pastor Greg. Uh, um, and uh, I worked with him for, I don't know, I think like four and a half years. And he would always to say this, say out of 7 billion people in this world, 7 billion people struggle with insecurity. Did you know that? <laughs> it's true. We all do. And this gets me. Uh, sometimes I'm just sitting there and I know I'm supposed to, you know, in, in my wallet, I don't, oh, my wallet's down there, but in my wallet I have, a, I, I have these invite cards to church and I'm sitting there at the restaurant and I'm like, I know I'm supposed to whip the card out. And somewhere, I don't even know what it is, my heart starts racing, my hands start getting sweaty, and I'm just like, <sighs> I don't know, I, like, like, what are they going to do, what are they going to say, the worst, worst thing they're going to say is no, right, and, I, and I'm like, oh, you know, and, and that's almost a relief, oh, oh, thank God, wait, wait, what, what, no, no, there's this fear that sometimes comes over us, something that I've started to realize is that sharing our faith isn't, isn't based on a personality type or a, or a gift set. That God wants me to share my faith and me to invite people to church regardless of my comfort level. And here's the thing that happens. This is what happened with Peter and, and John in Acts 4. Is that is that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to share. You have every right to be afraid if you go out there in your own strength. If you're just like, hey, I'm just gonna, you know, what, and you just go out by yourself without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the unction of the Lord, without the, the word of the Lord, and you go, like, yeah, but when we go like this, Peter and, and John, they had just got done in Acts chapter 3, um, miraculously healing this, this, uh, this crippled man. And, uh, and this, this healing was so dramatic that everybody heard about it. And they came in the crowds, and all the religious leaders were angry. And so they, they threw Peter and John in prison, and they brought them out the next day. And then they have this, it was before the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was like the, the, um, the Jewish governing officials. It was like the Senate of the, of the, uh, of the Jews. And they bring them before all of these people. Peter and John are right there. And so you imagine like all of this is going on. And, and they, they have heard the story of the lame man. But more than just the lame man, who, who they were healing 
in, in, in whose name were they healing him? It was Jesus. Well, these are the same guys, the, 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 the Sanhedrin. These are the same guys that, like, just a few weeks before crucified Jesus. And so they're, they're a little bit offended by this whole thing. And Acts 4, verse 8 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Can I say that I mean, Peter did, never really did a good job of just, like, speaking his own mind? <laughs> I mean, you remember him, like, lopping off a guy's ear? I mean, he, he was not good with, like, he, he, was, he was always mouth insert foot. When he was on his own without the power of the Holy Spirit, it was bad news. But when Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, opened up his mouth, man, it was miraculous. Acts 4, verse 13, it says, when, when they observed the boldness, when the Senate, when the, when the Sanhedrin, when the, this governing body observed the what? The boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated, untrained men. In other words, they were just like you and me. They were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. And since they saw the men who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. What did they observe? They observed the boldness. The Holy Spirit came in and filled them and he was able to work beyond their personality type and beyond their gift set. And Peter was able to open up his mouth and speak with a boldness that wasn't naturally his. Verse 19 in the same chapter, it says, Peter and John answered them. And this is, the, the, the guys, you know, they confer, they go into their chambers and they talk about it and they come back and, and now they're going to address Peter and John. And they basically just, just say, hey, uh, we're going to let you go, but never talk about Jesus again in public. And Peter and John answered them, whatever is right in the sight of God for us to listen, or whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. <laughs> for we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Could that be the goal for us? To get to a place someday where we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. That's where they were at. I love this last part of Acts. Peter and John are let go. They, they go to, to back to um, uh, probably a home with a, with a bunch of their believer friends. And as a group, they start praying this prayer. And now, Lord, consider their threats. The, the, these religious leaders, the Sanhedrin. Consider their threats. And grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness. See what they asked for? Wouldn't it have been better to pray for protection? Wouldn't it, consider their threats and, and grant that your servants would, be, would have like a supernatural force field. And, and, and grant that, right, that there would be, that give us the sword of the Spirit and the armor of God. Like something more. And they said, no. Would you give us the boldness? Verse 30, while you stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders and performed signs through the name of your holy servant Jesus, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God, what? Boldly. Boldly. Man, this antidote to fear is boldness. Could we pray this prayer maybe? Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of boldness 
to share my faith and invite people to church. Man, if you know me well, you know that, that there's all kinds of evidences of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I am, I'm all about speaking in tongues. I'm all about the gifts. I'm all about the, the signs, wonders, and miracles. I love all that. But sometimes we forget that one of the signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the supernatural boldness that he gives us beyond personality types, beyond gift sets. And you may say, Pastor Jonathan, that's just not me. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Would you pray this prayer? Lord, would you give me that supernatural boldness that's beyond my ability? I don't know. Worship team, you can come. And I don't know who you are. Maybe none of those four resonated with you. I imagine in a group this size, at least one of these four things that hinder us sharing our faith and inviting people, I would imagine at least one of them hit you. And maybe, maybe you're struggling and you've just, you haven't had joy in a long time and apathy is a really big thing in your life and you say, Pastor Jonathan, I want my joy back. I just don't know how. Like maybe today you really need to get serious with God about your joy. We're going to have prayer teams up here and, and I would encourage you maybe to, to come forward and get some prayer, maybe even right in your chair. You just say, God, I need my joy back. Maybe it's that indifference that you're just, like you just don't care and you just know and you're like, God, I admit it, but I want to care. Would you help me to want to care? Would you give me the compassion that Jesus had? Some of you in this room, just kind of embarrassed of your spiritual family at large. <laughs> just like, I don't know if I want to be associated with them. You know? and, and today's the day for you to get over yourself. And just, just say, Lord, would you fill me with that appreciation of who you are and what you've done in my life once again? And lastly, some of you, it's just straight up fear. It's just fear of rejection. What, what that person's going to say when you ask them. And you're going to say, God, this is, this is way beyond my personality. Man, I would, uh, if Pastor Jonathan called me up to pray like he did with that young man, like I, 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 would, I, I would leave the church and never come back. <laughs> God, I need something supernatural in my life because it is not me to go up to a person and to invite them to church or to share the gospel. Would you pray that prayer? You may, some of you, if you fit in that, you might want to come up to one of these prayer teams here in a minute. Can we stand this morning as we close out?